Okay, girls, what's up? What's going on? I'm back with another podcast episode and two in one week. Hello, I'm so proud of myself. I am really committed to getting back to pumping out more podcasts at least once a week for you girls like I used to. So um, just get excited about that. Um, also, I want to talk about our topic today. So I've just been studying a lot and doing so much research on a lot of things. And one of them is all of the laws of the world. So, you know, God really does I believe, you know, God created the world and, you know, within this amazing creation that we are given, there are lots of quote unquote laws of the universe, right? So there are actually like all these different laws. One of those being gravity, and you guys hear me talk about that a lot comparing energy to gravity, but it's true, right? Um, And oxygen and and all of those things take place. So psychologists have really, um, you know, been studying since the Lord knows when they started studying to kind of, you know, understand the world, right? Understand how things operate from a scientific angle, from a psychological angle, and um, all of these things. So I'm going to share a couple of them with you today, a few, and how and why understanding these principles will help you uh, help a man fall in love with you or not. So it's interesting that with dating, that there's actually tons of science behind dating and how we actually show up. So, you know, I ran into a lady one time and she said, look, she's like, it's just fate. It's just fate. It's just fate. And I said, well, you know, yes, there is a fate element to it, right? A destiny or whatever, however you guys believe in it. You know, as, as a Christian, I would probably just say, you know, it, it was, it was God's divine plan or, you know, that's, you know, it's God's timing and all of those things. So whatever, however you guys choose to look at that. But, um, you know, so she was just saying, oh, it's just fate. And I said, well, yeah, yes, it is partly fate. There, There's fate. There's a fate aspect to falling in love. And, you know, there is God's timing and all of those things. However, there are actually so many things that we can understand and know that help us to understand ourselves that prepares us for love, prepares us to be a match for healthy love. And there's so many things that we can do to create more of like an open pathway to that quote unquote destiny that you are destined to have. Okay. Um, or whatever the fate, love, <laughs> love, fate. I don't know. Also, I, I become a little weary, weary of saying, oh, things are just fate or, you know, oh, it's, well, it's just going to be God's timing. So whenever that happens, I'm weary of saying those things because in a lot of ways that can make us become lazy and it can make us uh, kind of use God or destiny or whatever it is um, as a crutch and, or as an excuse to not really do anything or to not really take a lot of ownership of our part and, you know, and, and our own growth journey. So, um, you know, cause, cause she said, well, you know, like how you met your husband, you met him at a restaurant, this and that. And I said, yes, I said, but interestingly enough, he didn't leave his number for me, but I didn't get back to him till three and a half months later. And I said to her, I said, you know, interestingly enough, I did not reach out to him until I had done a lot of self-development work and really did a lot of inner, inner healing work and, you know, a lot of different things in my life. 
And it was weird because it was when I took all of those steps that I actually got back to him and that I never, ever would have reached out to him. Never on my life would I have ever reached back out to him if I had not done my inner work. So was it fate? Sure. But was there an element of it that required me to do some work and do some action and go in and figure the world out and figure myself out and understand all these different elements of dating and communicating that I studied the living daylights out of. Now I live to help you girls around the world and or closely in close proximity, you know, inside my program. So um, I'm actually excited because I'm going to be, you know, uh, adding the laws of the universe, um, certain laws of the universe into my program that will really help bring a well-rounded perspective of how the world works Uh, how men work, how women work, how humans work, how we're interacting and all of those things. And when you understand that things start to click. Okay. So um, let's talk about it. Let's jump in. Um, The first thing I want to talk about when we're talking about making a man fall in love with you. And I want to say this preface. Okay. We can never fully make as in force somebody to do something or to love you or whatever, okay? But we can, however, position ourselves in a way that 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 um, makes us more magnetic on an energetic level for men to be drawn into you. And so that's a fact. That's a reality. And then also, you know, this isn't, oh, okay, this is just going to work for everybody because there are other elements that are involved, like, for example... Um, physical attraction. Okay. Like maybe, you know, we cannot help, we cannot control other people, but we can control ourselves and what we think and where we're going. And so this is about doing our own work and allowing everything else to line up next to that. Okay. So um, anyway, the first thing I want to talk about is the law of scarcity. Okay. So this law simply is, um, it kind of goes like this. People place more value on things that they are limited Uh, that are limited. So people place more value on things that are limited or scarce. So, you know, if you want a man to fall in love with you, you can't, you don't always want to be so available or so quick at their beck and call. That way, when they are around you, they aren't taking you for granted. Okay. So that's one way to look at this, but I do want to say, because there's always caveats, aren't there? Um, in this case, it is a fact of life, isn't it? Isn't it a fact of life that with the law of scarcity, that people place more value on things that are limited or more scarce? Why Why are diamonds, why do diamonds cost so much money? Because it takes so long to hunt and look for them and search for them and, and find the value and cut them and do all the things, right? So if there's something that you know is more scarce to find or get, Um, we place massive, humans will naturally place massive value on that thing. So when you're dating, are you so quick? Are you just always available? Are you always just like, yep, 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 yep. Or do you have your life so juicy and full and wonderful that you are not actually just, you are not so available for this person? Another thing is, you guys will hear me talk about this a lot, whether, I don't know if you're my, probably talk about this more in my program, but, you know, I always talk about this, this concept of being available. What are you available for? 
Are you available? Do you continue to make yourself available for bad behavior from a man? Or are you like, hey, that's cool that you're like that, but that's I'm actually not available for that in my life. So I'm going to actually open myself up and make myself available to other options. When a guy hasn't talked to you for, you know, a couple of weeks or something, um, you know, are we so quick to just be at their beck and call? So now again, I want to balance this concept out and also say that at the very same time, it, you know, it's not about trying to be unavailable, not available, right? So it's not about like, oh, uh, like if a guy texts you, you want to be authentic. So if you have the time to get back to him, you just text him back, right? But let's say he texts you and you are about to take a shower. What I would suggest you to do is not get back to his text until you are finished with your shower. Not because not because you're necessarily playing a game, but because you're actually just being authentic and taking your time, slowing your energy down and not being in a rush or urgent to be at his beck and call, right? So then he's, you know, we'll say, what were you doing? And you're like, oh, I was actually, oh, I just got out of the shower. I, you know, I was busy. I'm busy pampering myself. Um, maybe you were getting your nails done. Maybe you're out on a run. Maybe you're doing something. Do you just stop instantly to get back to a guy or are you actually taking your time to get back to this person? Or another example of this would be if you had plans ahead of time with your friend to hang out with her that night or your family or something and the guy says last minute, hey, do you want to hang out tonight? I know it's super tempting for us all to be like, yeah, sure, absolutely, where? (laughs) Um, But I always tell girls, stay to your own integrity and actually say, oh, you know what? I um, would love to hang out with you. Let him know you would love that. But I actually have plans with my friend to get dinner with her. Um, But I'll be free after eight tonight if you still wanted to get together. Or I'll be free tomorrow or the next few days if you want to rain check and do something else. Right? So we want to give him another option when we say we're not available. Um, but just keep in mind the law of scarcity, right? So people place more value on things that are limited or more scarce. So if you want him to fall in love with you or to fall for you, you know, you can't, you don't want to be the girl who's just so readily available right away. Now, please hear me out. Do not go ghost on a guy. (laughs) Like don't lean so far back that you're like four hours later getting back to him or the next day or whatever. Like, like again, like if you have time, you want to be authentic, but we're not going out of our way to wait on his plans. You're going to carry on making your plans. For example, here's another great example of how to use this law of scarcity, okay? Let's say you haven't heard from the guy and you're not sure if you should make plans with your friend who asked you to do something. And you're like, oh, I don't know. Is he going to get to me? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. And you wait and you slow play your friend because you're thinking that you might potentially... This guy might text you and have something to do tonight. No, 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 no. If you haven't heard from the guy, you say yes to your friend because you are carrying on with your juicy life. And then he goes, oh, what are you up to tonight? And you're like, oh, well, I didn't hear from you all day. Um, so I went ahead and made plans with my friend. Um, so I'm having, I'm out just really having a great time with her, but I'll be free after eight tonight. I'll give you a call later. Okay, cool. And I'll say, okay. And then give him a call later. You know, if you say, hey, I'm out, I'll be... 
back later, I'll give you a call. And then, or you can say, but if you do want to hang out tomorrow or within the next few days, I'll be free. So then he, then he's going to go, oh, dang, like I got to actually like get on this, right? Like I can't actually just, um, you know what I mean? Like I can't just leave, leave, leave her hanging, right? Or I can't uh, wait last minute or this long to get back to her. And if he values you and he, he'll be like, oh, I'm going to try to actually make a plan sooner because I keep making last minute plans and she keeps having something to go, having something that she's doing. Okay. So the next thing I want to talk about is, um, the mirror exposure effect. Okay. So this is a concept in psychology. Once again, another uh, big concept that's called the mirror exposure effect. And this simply is people develop a liking for things or towards things they become familiar with. So if you want them to fall in love with you, you need to be seeing and talking to them a lot more. So, um, you know, this is kind of like the concept of like, okay, people will tend to like fall in love with their, um, like coworkers or just people that they're seeing a lot. Um, or maybe it's somebody that, you know, you, you had to partner up with in a class or something. So like people are going to fall in love more with naturally, again, going back to like laws of the universe and how, how the world works, how people work is that we fall more attached or we fall more in love or fall more, yeah, more attached to things and people that we're familiar with. So, um, you know, this is why I don't exactly like when guys, when, you go on a date and you haven't really, you're not talking a ton in between. Now, this will work in the beginning, right? It's okay. And I'm saying the word okay. It's okay if like you go on a date and you don't hear from a guy. Um, but you have to remember that the more familiar that he becomes with you, the more chances that he will have to actually fall for you or fall in love with you. Now, this is not an overstay, you're welcome, or like exhaust a guy with needing, you know, with hanging out every single day. Although I am a huge fan and I think I told my girls last last session I had, I said, listen, I personally would never date a guy. I, I just would not date be dating a guy who did not pick up the pace after a couple weeks and trying to see me. I just that's me. That's me. Okay. That's not every situation. And many, many relationships really do pan out and work out well. But I enjoy personally seeing a lot of a guy that I'm dating. Um, one, because I'm trying to get to know this person and he's trying to get to know me. And I'm also just trying to actually like do life with this person and see if I can. And so I also want to add that it's perfectly okay for you to be going about your business and saying, hey, I'm going to the park to walk my dog. Um, let me know if you want to come join me. Tossing something out like that from time to time that is casual. It's not like asking him on a date. It's just, I'm going about my business and life and want to see if you want to come. So you can always do things like that. I also want to talk about this, um, you know, the mere exposure effects with the familiarity. And it's also interesting that, um, you know, why, you know, you'll hear people say like, oh, people fall in love or, you know, you, you remind me of my mom or he reminds me of my dad. Well, that's because there's a sense of familiarity. Another thing where this gets dangerous 
is, uh, you know, sometimes this can cause people to also get or stay in toxic relationships sometimes because, you know, maybe some toxicity feels familiar to your subconscious, which I'm sure you girls have heard me talk about a lot. Um, so I won't jump too deep into that right now, but just something to consider. Um, but knowing this mere exposure effect, I just want you girls to consider, am I spending a lot of time with this person, you know, or am I falling in love with, you know, my coworker because I am spending a lot of time with this person, like, and maybe they're not the best fit for me. What, what's actually going on, right? Or my friend, a lot of people will fall in love with like their best friend or, you know, a guy friend of theirs, start falling for them. And it's really just because you were hanging out with them so much. Meanwhile, that person may not feel the same way. Um, So, you know, just consider this and also take it in your dating world and try to hang out, you know, try to find the momentum and actually spending time with the person that you are seeing or interested in. So date, you know, it doesn't have to be dates. It can just be like, you know, casual things throughout the week and such. Okay. The next thing I want to talk about is the sunk, um, it's called the sunk cost fallacy. So this is another concept in psychology and this is just, you know, kind of similar to some of the other ones, but it, it talks, it talks about how, I feel like I'm stuttering on this podcast, BT dubs, like by the way. <laughs> I think because I'm trying to talk so fast to get everything in to keep it at a decent time. So I apologize. Anyways, the sunk cost fallacy. People value things they invest in. That's what this is about. They value things they invest in. So if you want them to invest in you, they need to be, or if you want them to like you, or if you want to know if this person likes you, they need to be investing they need to be in making investments in you, okay? So this does not mean financially necessarily. This isn't like, oh, does, did he pay for me? Did he pay for me? Did he pay for me? And in fact, a lot of guys will pay, but I want to see, you know, I want to see more than that. So, but like, is he investing emotionally or giving things or giving his time to you? Is he trying to help you with things, with something, Is he looking for ways to help you? Are you inviting him into your world to help you with things? Example, maybe you're moving. Maybe you're doing something. Hey, I'm, uh, yeah, I have to move this week. And he might say, oh, let me know if you need help. And you could say, that'd be really great. I would love that. Um, I mean, you don't have to, but if you would, that would be amazing because I'm going to have to ask somebody to help me. And this creates a you know, a minor bond, you know, because this person is like, oh, cool. Like I get to give to her, I get to help her. And now he is investing his time and, you know, uh, his actionable steps into you. So you guys want to make sure you want to make sure that he is investing in you. Okay. So uh, and the best way to check and to know if a guy or how much a guy's investing into you is to actually kind of lean back a little bit. Um, now, this is if you have found yourself, you know, constantly doing things for him or, you know, taking the initiative, you know, try leaning back and seeing what he does when you stop, when you're not taking so much initiative, when you're not paying for the things and doing all the stuff, okay? 
um, and you'll get a good pulse on how much he's investing. So that's just something to look for, look into. And I want to add that, you know, with this, um, the sunk cost fallacy effect or whatever, um, this concept in psychology, (laughs) um, with this, it's interesting because this is actually what keeps people in really toxic relationships, um, or keeps people staying in relationships way too long than they should when you know they're both kind of over it or something isn't going right. The reason people stay in that is because they have invested so much, right? So somebody who is, you know, with somebody who's very toxic might say, well, I just don't want to give it up because, you know, I've, I've just already given so much to this. So to actually quit or let this go, it's really hard and really painful and I can't imagine doing it. And and I've given too much and it will keep people very stuck in dysfunctional situations and relationships just because of this whole um, concept. And um, so be aware of that as well. Um, and then lastly, I want to talk about, and then I will bring on some more you know, laws and concepts as well and some future podcasts. But um, the law of least effort. So this basically means that humans are wired, you know, we humans are always wired to go for the thing that is most convenient in life. So, you know, this is why men will stay in relationships that they don't have to invest, they don't have to put high stakes or high investments in, and that they can get uh, all the girlfriends and wife benefits from the girl without actually having to wife her up or make her make her his actual girlfriend. Uh, you know, an example of that is, you know, maybe a guy's getting sex, you know, from you and you guys don't have, you know, established boundaries or define, you haven't defined anything. Well, you know, a guy will stay in relationship with you for a long time when he's getting those benefits and without feeling any need to make you solely his or any need to take the next step or progress in the next direction because, well, they're already getting all these girlfriend benefits from you or wife benefits from you without having to make you his wife. So be careful of that because this is just a human law. This is a human, it's the humanness in all of us. We are always going to choose the path of least resistance. We're always going to be choosing the most convenient route. So, I, you know, very, be careful of this, ladies. Um, you know, so if a man has a couple options, if he has one woman and, you know, you know, she, she actually has some boundaries and stuff or versus the girl that, you know, he gets to have sex with and talk to kind of, and kind of date a little here and there, he's always going to choose that girl, but then it sucks to be the girl on that end. Doesn't it? If you are a girl who desires commitment and defining lines and defining the relationship, then it sucks to be the girl that that's very convenient for him. Okay. So this is why, you know, I, I always tell girls like, you know, to wait, wait longer to give physical things, you know, wait longer to, you know, give all these girlfriend and wife benefits to a man who hasn't actually, um, you know, wanted to brought definitive lines to you. Um, so, but just becoming aware of these principles, these laws, these concepts that are studied throughout history by major big psycho, you know, classic psychologists and, 
um, and, you know, philosophers and stuff, like, consider these things. They're real things, right? The law of scarcity, the law of least effort, and why they actually make a difference. If you understand these laws, which I can't wait to be teaching them in my academy this next round, when you understand these, you are like, Oh, right. Totally. That's how humans work. So let me not play that card. Let me not play into this in that way. Let me reposition myself in a way that actually readies myself for what I'm really looking for rather than just settling or, you know, caving into, you know, being the girl who's on the other side of a man who's operating in law of least effort, right? Um, Now, the only time this changes in a man, the only time a man will move out of the law of least effort is if he reaches a point in life where he's ready to settle down and meet meet the quote unquote one, um, then he might begin to be, you know, start putting in effort. But until then, he will choose the easier path every single time. So, you know, and I've talked about this in many other podcasts and different things is that, you know, is the man that you're dating or that you're interested in, is he, does he really want to settle down? Does he really want marriage? Is marriage really something he's looking for? Is a commitment really something he's interested in? And is his life set up to be prepared and ready for that? Example, a man who is going through a divorce. Okay. Now hear me out. A man who's going through a divorce or just recently went through a divorce oftentimes, notice, you know, I want to highlight the word oftentimes, meaning not every time, (laughs) but more often than not, is somebody who's not exactly in the stage of life where he's looking to get, jump right back into something serious and get married again. So I have a lot of girls who tend to date men who are either going through a divorce or who are divorced or, or who are newly divorced. Um, And, uh, you know, they're connecting, they're having a deep connection with this person, but then, and the guy might even say, oh no, I definitely want to, um, get married again. Like that's for sure something that I would really love in my life. Um, if, okay, well, that's cool. That's cool that he says that, but I don't want you jumping in into bed and giving him all the girlfriend benefits until he really actually shows you that that's what he's about. Because as soon as he gets all of those things, well, then he's got it made for him, doesn't he? And again, it's not about like being angry at a man. It's literally the humanness inside of us. We all will choose the path that's easier for us. Women tend to be much more monogamous uh, creatures than men. Men are somewhat less monogamous. Um, Just by nature, by default, whether that's culturally or society or scientifically how we're made up, Um, you know, I'm not here to necessarily debate that, but that tends to be the case. Okay. So, uh, so for us, monogamy is the easy route, right? That's like, Ooh, give me monogamy. Give me monogamy. That's, that makes me feel safe. It makes me feel good. It makes me feel that's my path of least resistance as a woman. And a man's like, that is my path of resistance because it goes against my little poly nature that I don't want to, you know, be locked down. Now, that's not to say that they do not desire a partner for life and that they do not desire. It's not to say that they don't desire to actually, you know, get married again. But listen to me, men who are, you know, divorced or just newly divorced or, you know, even sometimes fresh out of a relationship, not always, but sometimes, um, they're not exactly looking to jump right back into one. It's just 
oftentimes, more often than not, they're really burnt out from marriage and they're over it. And they're like, wow, I need a hot break for a hot minute. And I need to just chillax. And the last thing that I want is to be locked down the way I was locked down. Because, you know, the, the fact that they're getting divorced is enough to say that they, you know, marriage might not have been the best experience for them. So be careful and cautious if you are, you know, dealing with a man who is in that sort of phase of life. Another phase of life that, you know, doesn't always, uh, merit, doesn't always bring about a man who is, you know, really ready to actually settle down and, you know, choose a, a path that's, you know, par- a partnership with somebody is a man who is really young. So, I mean, I'm talking like sometimes a man under 25 is literally like that's the last thing on his mind. Again, not always the case, but tends to be. A man who has not really found, you know, a career he loves sometimes won't always be ready for marriage. Now, a man who is still working and hasn't yet found his his passion in life He may still want a long-term and serious relationship, but he may not be ready for marriage. So just consider, 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 consider these things. When you are talking to a man, where is he at in his life? What, what has happened? And this goes back to asking good questions to a man. Like, what's up with you? Like, where are you really at? Like, what's your story? What are your dreams? What are you looking for? What would be your dream life? Is it the bachelor life or is it really being with somebody? Does settling down scare you? Does what is what comes up for you when you hear the word marriage? Does marriage like what what like do you have any fears around marriage? What's what's your thoughts on marriage? Really get to know these things about a man, okay? All right, so I'm going to wrap it up. I went 30 minutes. Oh my gosh. I usually like to keep these at 20, but For those of you who are still listening along, I love you. You're amazing. And um, again, as always, I would love it if you could leave a review if you are liking the podcast. Um, Drop a review. It really helps get the show out to other people. And I am running my True Femme Academy, and I'm in the middle of a launch for that right now. It starts April 30th. So you have until April 29th to sign up and to enroll and get inside that program. And the next round is going to be amazing. I'm excited. So um, I have the details. I'll leave them in the link below, or you can DM me and ask for the link. Um, There are payment options. There are ways to make it work if that is what you are ready for. So I love getting girls who are like, heck yes, I don't even need to know the details. I just know I need to, in my soul, I need to be in there. Um, So, uh, you know, those like full body yeses. So if that's you, um, I'm excited to meet you in this next round. All right. Love you girls. I'll talk to you soon.